Welcome, everyone, to the Energy Advisors podcast. I'm your host, Rex, that energy guy. Glad to have you with us today. This uh, recording is being done in January of 2024. Today's topic is about the grid. Okay, so I'm going to focus on North America and the U.S. primarily, because that's where a majority of our listeners are at. But in a further episode coming up, we will look at the grid uh, in Europe and the other parts of the world. But before we get started on the topic today, it's really interesting educational stuff because I think it's important for people to understand how this works. The grid is a highly used term. It's extremely misunderstood and people don't understand the entities that are involved in running the grid. Okay, but before we do that, our good friends, I want to thank our partners at Solar, excuse me, Valor Solar. If you want to do solar, uh, Valor is based like I am here in Colorado. Uh, They deliver solar solutions across the Rocky Mountains to include Colorado, Utah, Idaho, Nevada, and Arizona. They do an amazing job. And the reason that differentiates them is integrity. You know, there's integrity that's involved in the education process because you don't want misinformation. The second thing is integrity during the implementation. You want to get the job done right. You want your systems to be the best. And third is maintenance and ongoing support. You know, while most solar solutions are pretty much lights out, bad pun, uh, they actually will need updating over time for different new technologies, uh, weather issues, as far as maybe hail damage and stuff like that. So it's important for to have a good partner. So I recommend Valor. They do an amazing job, vetted them before we brought them on as a partner in the show. So it's really easy if you'd like to get connected with our friends at uh, Valor. Just go to the website at energyadvisors.today, fill out the form, and we'll get you in touch with them. All right, so let's talk about today's subject, the grid, okay? Like I said before, it's a term that's just loosely thrown around, like it just exists out there, that it's omnipresent. Well, it's somewhat omnipresent. Uh, We are very, very blessed here in the United States and in a good portion of North America to have a very effective electricity delivery system Um, But there's some challenges, okay? There are some significant challenges. Those challenges are going to increase over time. And we can talk about some of those as we go along. All right. So to help people understand um, the grid, let's take a look at sort of the levels of the grid, okay? So the first level, there are what they call interconnects. So there are three regions called these interconnects that exist in the United States. Those three interconnects are pretty cool because they segment the the power into three big areas of the United States, okay? The first one, we're going to go left to right. So West Coast is the Western um, Electric um, Interconnect, and that is all the states west of essentially the eastern border of Colorado. So it almost is like the Western time zone. So um, if you were to take a look, and I've got a map of this on the website, so sorry for the visualization on a podcast, but there is a map of this you can download for free at energyadvisors.today forward slash grid. And that uh, makes up the Western states. Then you have the what would be called the Texas Interconnect. And essentially, that's about the width of Texas going north. So the Western borders along the states of Uh, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, North Dakota, South Dakota, 
and extends eastward into Iowa, parts of Wisconsin, all of Minnesota. And then you get the break to the next in our region, the Eastern Interconnect, which is essentially <clears throat> from the borders of Missouri to the east. Okay, so these are giant sections of the grid. Now, that's the top level. What sits above this, and it is a nonprofit for international regulatory, is the North American uh, Electric Reliability, if I could say that today, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. It's a nonprofit, and it is set up to help regulate uh, the distribution of this, the management, and a governing body that helps what they now call the second, the other tier, which is a balancing authority, all right? So a balancing authority is essentially an organization that is set up to help manage and um, distribute the flow of electricity. But let's go back for one second. I want to talk about the subregions. Okay, so you have at the highest level the three regions that in those interconnects, and then we're going to talk about the subregions, and they're called e-grid subregions. There are now uh, 22 e-grid subregions. So you can live in a state that has multiple um, subregions in it. So like Wyoming or uh, North Carolina and some of these areas, parts of Texas there, they are subregions and there's 22 of them. And I'm not going to bore you to death. That's again, you can go to uh, the website and download that free document. Now, these subregions are managed by what they call a balancing authority. And balancing authorities, there are over 60 of these in the United States. These are organizations that are sprinkled around um, the United States to geographically manage these the balancing because there's very significant damage that can be done when there's outages or dips in power supply. Now, these balancing agencies generally fall into uh, several buckets. Uh, one, they're either a power marketing uh, administration or what they call a PMA, or a group of utility companies that have formed regional entities called a regional transmission organization or RTO, and then independent um, system operators, which is ISO. So it's interesting, people don't understand that these are all interesting organizations that are protecting not only the balance and distribution of power, but the economics of it. And so in the United States, um, we have, and breaking down the category of the ISOs and the RTOs, you're looking at organizations who are basically we already know in most cases run in a monopoly, but they are there to help um, those utility companies do things in a balanced uh, fashion. Although um, two thirds of the nation's uh, power is managed by these RTO and ISO, um, ISO regions, um, there are very large sections of the United States, particularly in the Southeast and West, where there isn't an ISO or the RTO. So we are then de dependent on the wonderful organization of the, the North American Reliability Corporation, or what they call NERC, to sort of manage that. 
So what happens in the cost of grid is we have our utility companies who are producing um, electricity and putting it out on their grid. Then there's a massive amount of management of this because there are situations where we have power influxions and issues where we have incidents of this. One of the things that we saw, let's just use this as an example, is a couple of years back down in Texas, there was issues with drastic amounts of supply generation in Texas when we had that ice storm come in and shut down not only the solar uh, because there wasn't uh, sunshine, but the big wind turbines and they were not operating. And this caused a large burp in the system. And when this happens, they have to what they do is called shed, uh, both shed uh, demand, which causes the rollouts and then add to um, the power supply. So it's an interesting dynamic what happens there. And it gets into the situation where one can almost say there's a conflict of interest. We have these large uh, entities, you know, the, many of the utility companies are, are for-profit organizations. Well, they're all for profit, but many of them are public, publicly traded. And so they are basically reporting to their shareholders and they are reporting to profit. And so they're part of this organization that runs the grid. Then you have these balancing authorities that are I say essentially associations of those utility companies. And so they are doing a, a dualistic uh, prop, a dualistic duplicitous, if I could talk today, uh, function of making sure that power is distributed correctly and power is maintained, but also that they protect their profits. Okay. So it's important to understand what's going on. And as you get on your path to creating an energy plan. I talk about this all the time. Is what are you going to do to get um, independent if you can or have a plan to cut your economics, increase your supply? It's important for people to understand these entities and understand how they work and who's governing them. You know, there's an old science, it's called a reticular activator. And how I explain this to people is, have you ever bought a new car and it doesn't have to be a brand new car, but new to you. And you never saw them before. But now you walk out in the parking lot of any retail box store or a mall or wherever, and you see a dozen of them. Well, it wasn't that those cars didn't exist before. It just you didn't pay attention to them. And so now I used to joke when my wife was uh, pregnant with our five kids, I used to see pregnant women everywhere. But when she wasn't pregnant, I didn't see them anymore. So what I'm advising you to do is uh, turn on your reticular activator for news of what's happening and learn more all you can so that way you can be an educated consumer in this. Now, if you are a total geek, okay, kind of like me, there's actually a website out there that you can go to that is provided by the U.S. Energy Information Administration, and it actually has the hourly electric grid monitor on it. And for every hour, they do an upload of the data that you can see in a visualized format and also download the data, the amount of electricity that's been consumed in the last hour and the flow of the electricity on the grid. 
So, I mean, I don't think anybody's a geek to that. Again, I'll have a link on the website for that, and it'll show you the demand, the percentages of fuels that are being used um, to create that, uh, to manage that demand, the power consumption of each of the um, electricity subregions in the uh, United States, uh, the energy sources, you name it. So if you want to really geek out on that, you can take a look at this. It even has charts to see how we would be doing electricity interchange with our neighboring countries. The north of us are good friends of Canada and to the south of us parts of Mexico. So I hope this helped you today to understand the grid. The grid is not just this one thing that exists in the ethos and you see these big power lines and magically you turn on the switch in your house and the power is there. The grid is a very large and complex um, set of these regions, subregions, and then the balancing authorities who help balance that load. Now, that's important to understand when we have brownouts, those are significant. If there is a huge um, supply increase in some portion of the country or the dropping of assets to provide that, so like that example down in Texas, permanent damage can be done to the grid. And that's the function of these balancing authorities is to stay connected to move the electricity around. We do face large risk in the world today with um, foreign adversaries uh, connecting into the grid, managing those interconnection systems or hacking those systems that manage the grid. So the risk we have is it's not keeping up. It's outdated. It's like driving a car that's 50 years old now, may not be the most performant and we have ever increasing demand. So turn up your reticular activator, learn all you can. And again, if you want more information, just go to the Energy Advisors website, energyadvisors.today forward slash grid, and get you beginning to understand how this works and the importance of it. So thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, um, make it a great day and look for ways to not only increase your power generation um, capacities, but also save. Thanks. Until next time, this is Rex, that energy guy.